You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further, the weekly podcast of Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Andy Lynch, Connections Pastor here at Kingsway, joined by Derek Hughes, who's always with us, making sure we sound better than we actually do on the podcast, doing the dials and uh, putting all the music in, all that fun stuff that makes it sound good. But today he's also our guest, so he's doing double duty as we're starting a a new series that you'll hear throughout the year uh, every once in a while on the podcast. Just get to know your Kingsway staff and So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our TV backgrounds and have an enjoyable conversation and and weave the ways we've seen God work uh, through that as you get to know us a little bit better. And so uh, I remember, Derek, you you and I came on staff pretty close to the the same time back in 2018, didn't we? Yeah, I was... October of 2018. I actually came to Trunk or Treat of 2018, and then I started that following Monday, and so it was right before Halloween. Did you actually film the Trunk or Treat? Did we put you to work before you were hired? <laughs> so, <laughs> a backstory for there was two or three years in a row that uh, when we went trick or treating, I had strapped a GoPro to my son's head, okay, just so we get like a first perspective. And then the next year, I had actually gotten a drone in my career that I use was using, and so then I was using the drone. And then the next year I had like a, a gimbal. And so like I was mixing all of this just for a trick or treating thing. Uh, and that happened to be one of the years that we were here. So I brought my stuff just to get him part of his trick or treating. Uh, and then the next year I didn't do it. Cause I thought, well, maybe I should just like be in the moment. Uh, and there were so many neighbors that were like, where's your drone dude? No way. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that nobody really paid that much attention of like, <laughs> this is something I was doing every year. That's hilarious. So within two months, we both uh, came to Kingsway, both of us with a, a background in TV. I came straight over from Lima, Ohio, a small Christian TV station. And Derek, you had a job in between, but but really coming out of a couple different TV gigs. Yeah, I started out actually part-time in radio uh, right out of college. I'd interned there and they gave me a part-time job. Uh, and it was just, most of the time, it was just running the board, similar to what I do now, just mm-hmm. for local high school live events or local events that are live. And so I would cut to commercial breaks and then pull back the people who were live uh, when we come out of commercial or timeouts. Uh, And then I got a full-time job up in South Bend at a NBC station up there. We were actually on the campus of Notre Dame. Wow. So that was pretty neat. Uh, A year or two before I got there, they were still actually owned by Notre Dame. So they had everything they ever wanted. Uh, And in terms of market, like television markets are decided like how big you how big of a market you are. So you're, you're assigned a number. And so we were market around 85 to 89. Okay. And at one point they had their own helicopter, which doesn't exist unless you're, you know, top 50, maybe. Could you uh, drive the helicopter? Well, by the time <laughs> I got there, the company that took over said it was the helicopter or like 10 employees. Okay. And so wow. they got rid of the helicopter at that point. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, so I was up there for about three and a half years or so during the worst years of Notre Dame football history. Of course. Uh, I mentioned uh, Andy earlier, but it was during the Charlie Weiss era. <laughs> uh, I was on the field standing in the end zone when Notre Dame went 0 for 4 at home for the first time in school history. And it was just a terrible time to be a Notre Dame fan. Was the stadium still packed? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was Michigan State, too, and it was a whiteout at that particular game. So everyone had, like, these white towels and white shirts. And, and they all so. ended up on the field. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and so, yeah, I was up there for a while and then uh, came and worked at Fox 59 here in Indianapolis. Uh, and I was there for about th- another three and a half years, give or take. Okay. Uh, doing similar stuff, camera work, videographer, running live trucks. Yeah. That kind of work. When we, when we started, it, it's so funny because I had 17 years of TV experience in Alaska and then in Ohio. And, and like, you just don't, you don't know, like everything, <laughs> everything in, in the TV world, you're just so kind of in a tunnel. I wouldn't call it a cult, but it's kind of like a cult. And so when I came to Kingsway and then Derek joined soon after, I just remember, you know, saying to you that like, there's a whole different world that I didn't even know existed where you could have Fridays off and you can go on dates with your wife at normal times. And it's just so different. I mean, it really is. And, you know, for instance, like I met my wife at one of the stations that I worked at Uh, And she left television before I did. And so after we got married, we had almost two years of marriage where we didn't have a day off together unless one of us took a sick day or vacation day. Because she went to like a marketing agency. So she was nine to five, typical Monday through Friday. And at that time, I was doing Thursday through Monday. And I was 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. unless there was breaking news Hmm. on Thursday and Friday. Saturday, I did 12 to 9 or 11 to nine, one of those. Uh, Sunday, I moved to day side. I was nine to five. And then Monday, I was 10 to six. So, and really, when we went to bed Wednesday night, hmm. she'd go to work Thursday morning. I left to go to work at four. I get there at four. So I was gone before she'd come home. So I would see her for about an hour from Wednesday night at bedtime to Sunday at 6.30 when I would get home. Wow. So it was hard. I mean, it was hard. It's hard to be present. It's hard to be, you know, a father. Uh, and at that time we didn't have a kid, but, uh, she was pregnant while I was still in news. And so we were working on like what that, what that looks like for us as a family moving forward and how, how can we make that work if I'm still in TV? Right. Yeah. I have a similar kind of coming to Jesus moment where we had two kids. We adopted both of them. They were young. And so our, their schedule was okay to be around my schedule. So a noon to midnight shift or whatever it would be, I just played with my kids in the morning and they'd take their naps in the afternoon. They'd come to the TV station. My son literally, we brought him home from the hospital after the whole adoption process. You know, three, he's three weeks old and he's coming to work with me at the news station because Leah, my wife, worked there as well. He literally grew up on TV. <laughs> and, and so I still tell my kids today, you realize most kids don't grow up being on TV whenever they want. And they're like, no, that's not true. <laughs> I'm like, it's so true. It is. And um, so with my wife and I both having a background in news and she was in three markets a little bit longer tenure in news than I was, but like telling our son about news and like, if you watch something on TV and we're like, well, you know, that's what I used to do, yeah. you know? And he knows I make movies and stories and videos and and, you know, podcasts and things that go along that. But sometimes I still think it's hard for him to, to realize that like stuff that I did was on TV, right. (laughs) That you could watch. Yeah. Like, and I've done commercials for smaller nonprofits and stuff and PSAs, but you know, I've for seven years, I've had at least one story on TV every single day, right? which is still wild to think of. Like when you think of like having something you create on television, like that's still a pretty, unique situation. Yeah. The, the weirdest thing for me, I was in Alaska and 
I'm a poor college student making $12 an hour to be on TV working six days a week because I needed the overtime and they didn't have another sports guy on Saturdays. And I did this segment because I wanted to try all these Alaskan things. And so we created this segment called Andy's Antics where this tall, awkward guy would make a fool of himself trying Alaskan things. It was great. I got to try things for free and, and a lot of fun. And so it was kind of, you know, three and a half years. Every Monday was a new antic. And I did polar bear plunging and I did drive the Zamboni and I coached a hockey game, a real college hockey game. I was an assistant coach, did the line changes kind of, and it was, it was super fun. And so people seem to enjoy, you know, me making fun of myself and we get to Christmas week between Christmas and new year's. And for some reason there weren't very many commercials sold during that week. There's a lot of reruns on TV. There's not no new content. I guess nobody wants to sponsor it. And so the sales department came to me and this was back when Seinfeld was still on NBC <laughs> at nine o'clock and the sales department comes to me and they said, Hey, you think it'd be okay if during, during Seinfeld commercial breaks, we put Andy's antics. <laughs> I was like, are you that's, serious? That's amazing. And so they, you know, Seinfeld would go to commercial Kramer would do something stupid. And then all of a sudden there's Andy's antics. And I'm like, this is the weirdest thing in the world. That is wild though to see. You know, I mean, it's in your local market, but like still like right. that, like you're in the middle of Seinfeld, like right. the biggest show on television. <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> so many crazy things, Derek. How, how does it, so like in those moments, and I know you, you, you had a voice as well, just trying to, you know, there's so many bad stories you had to cover. So many, so many. awful things. How could you share your faith just the way you cover those stories? So there's a lot of times that. I've shared this story a few times and I'll try to be brief, uh, kind, of, kind of brief. It was a big catalyst for me. I felt like how I approached like people. Mm. Uh, and there was one time I was here in the, this Indianapolis market and I was asked to cover midnight mass, which doesn't start till midnight. Mm. My shift ended at midnight. So I was already in a bad mood because <laughs> I was going to have to be late. And it was downtown at, at the uh, uh, a Catholic church down there that he wanted me to go to. Okay. And for those who don't know, like a lot of times when you're capturing stuff for news, you don't want people talking to you because you just want to get the ambient noises and everything like that. So I had this person come up and talk to me and just would not stop mm -hmm. talking. And I'm like, I just need to get people walking in. And so then I placed in my mind, I was like, well, once he leaves, I can record like a minute of just ambient sound. And when I edit it, I can just take that sound, yeah. put it back over these clips that I want to use. And so he just kept going and going. And I had, I didn't want anything to do with this guy. I was like, he's just leave me alone so I can go home. I'm just done. I'm tired. And it's Christmas Eve. And I, <laughs> it's a terrible mindset, but I was just so ready to be home. Mm. Uh, and he started telling me that, you know, he had recently uh, lost his job and his apartment because he can now couldn't afford it and that his girlfriend had left him because he didn't have a job and mm. he was just having a really hard time. And, uh, and all I said to him was, I was like, man, I was unemployed and it took me about six months to get another job. Uh, you just got to keep applying and applying and it, terrible. I get it. Like, it's just so hard to find something. And that was it. He went into midnight mass and I didn't hear anything from him. So I finally finished my job. I went home and it's six months later. I mean, no joke. Six months later, I'm sitting in the newsroom and the phone's ringing and it's ringing and ringing and ringing. It's like, nobody can hear it. And it's not my role to answer the phone. We had what's called an assignment desk and they answered the phone and take and disseminate from there. Mm -hmm. And it just kept going and going. And so I finally answered it. And I was like, you know, Fox 59 is, and the guy's like, Hey, is Derek there? And I, and <laughs> no, like, has anyone ever called for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> and 
if they did, they would have called my email because they had my business card, which right. or my my cell phone at the time. Uh, and I was like, yeah, this is this is Derek. And he's like, hey, I don't know if you remember. And he told me his name, and I, I didn't remember his name. But yeah. he's like, I met you at Christmas Eve at Midnight Mass. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, hey, how are you? I was like, did you find a job? Like, how are things going? He's like, yeah, I got a job, I got a new apartment. Like, things are going really well. And he said, I just wanted to thank you for that that night. Hmm. And I said, why? <laughs> And I didn't tell him like all the things that I thought in my mind, but I'm right. like, I don't understand. Like why? And he said, after he goes, I was going to go to midnight mass and I was going to go home and take my life that night. No. And he's like, talking to you gave me some hope. Wow. And like, now I'm crying in the newsroom. Right. And, you know, just stumbling over what I wanted to say. And mm. I took that moment as, Man, like I gave that guy absolutely nothing, nothing from me because I wanted nothing to do with him. But two things I took away from that moment. One, I will always now try to be present when someone wants to come talk to me. Okay. I never know what someone's going through. Even if I'm having a bad day, they may need something and there may be a reason they came right. to me. And so I want to try to be present in that moment. And then it showed me that even if I'm Ignoring God, because God brought that person to me right. that night. Even if I ignored everything that I should have done, God was still able to redeem that moment. Wow. And so from that moment, I mean, that was my second news station. And so I was starting to get kind of burnt out mm -hmm. again on news. And it was kind of a catalyst and a wake up, for me, wake up moment for me. And so at that point, you know, I mean, you have to go talk to, you know, you don't have to, you're asked to go talk to parents, you know, maybe you just lost their child or a loved mm -hmm. one or, and those are awful. Right. They're just terrible. But there were so many times when I would leave and people would hug me or multiple times I'd have someone just say, man, you're just like a, a ray of sunshine for me today. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, and I'm meeting a lot of people in their worst moments. Yeah. And so knowing that and trying to show, sign some sign of light to them uh, is, I mean, honestly, the least that I could do. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. That's powerful. And, and so whatever you find yourself as you listen to this, maybe you've got a terrible job. Maybe it feels like it's never ending. Uh, maybe you lost your job like this man that Derek talked to did. Uh, know that you, God's not done with you yet. You're still here. And maybe you have a role to play in bringing God's light to somebody else. Derek, thanks for sharing with us. Yeah, of course.